Hi, welcome to Until the Bell Rings. I'm your host, Crystal J, writer slash teacher just out here on my mission to bridge the gap between teachers and learners by acknowledging that we are all both through real conversations. One of the things my students always want to explore and understand better is race dynamics, a tough subject to talk about, but a vital one to examine. So this season, I'll be sharing stories of my own experience as a black woman working at a private school. And as always, I'll be doing it through poetry. Today, we're gonna talk about the harsh realities of speaking the truth about race. So whether you're a student, teacher, parent, sibling, or simply enjoy poetry, I invite you to join me on a spoken word journey through the hallowed hallways of my high school. Honesty is the best policy. So I plant my feet solidly in the evidence in all its endlessness and remind myself that not speaking up is negligent, that doing the right thing takes precedence over doing the safe thing. And no matter my eloquence, people of eminence may perceive my words as venomous. Nevertheless, I must address the prejudice that I see. Realizing now the truth will set you free might not apply to me because that freedom rings inconsistently but predictably resounding for those with preference, the rest of us relegated to deference. The truth is tricky, like a flower field rigged to explode. When the sunbeams hit it just right, colors emanate so bright a rainbow would turn green with envy. And in that moment of Zen, we only see the splendor and it renders us hopeful, causes us to surrender, drawn in with open souls, our only goal, to feel the beauty. It becomes our duty to enter at our own risk to pursue something so pure, a universe gifted cure for anything that weighs upon us. So ready for the peace it lays upon us, we stroll in with a purpose, optimistic but nervous in this field of flowers, lush with lilies, lavender, and landmines. And not all of mankind has access to the path of survival. So upon our arrival, with each step, a prayer. The floral scent in the air, a possible prelude to a blast. Slow falling petals to be the last touch upon our skin because we went all in to this minefield of blossoming truths and blooming honesty. It's a foregone prophecy. Those in charge have sovereignty. They don't have to tiptoe modestly or offer undeserved apologies just for speaking honestly. So I make this choice consciously, ground underneath me wobbly, not breaking but bending policy in hopes that others will follow me into the explosives and flowers. Take on this unequal distribution of power, trying to make this final hour the one that makes a difference. The one that leads us to deliverance from exclusion, clearing away this illusion of equity so we can rebuild the legacy and start to include inclusion with our diversity. Welcome back. If you listen to season one and 
Welcome for the very first time ever, if you've never joined before. If you heard the last couple of episodes of the first season, you know that I began sharing the story of my experience with racism within my own school and promised to delve more into that. For the most part, we're not dealing with overt acts like what happened with admissions testing. Check out season one, episode 11, if you need some context or a refresher. We're dealing with the subtle instances of discrimination that you could probably miss or at least explain away if you aren't on the receiving end. As I tried to work out exactly how I was going to approach the second season of Until the Bell Rings, I began to feel a lot of apprehension. Let's face it, we can't all wield the truth with the same abandon. Speak up when I see something wrong, and I'm labeled as a troublemaker. But remain quiet, and I fail in my responsibility to the student body. The reality is, parents entrust their children's welfare to schools. Having this honest conversation about inclusion and actually pursuing the appropriate changes is the job because creating a safe environment conducive to learning and teaching is the job. Making sure that no student is exploited, that every student is treated as an equal part of the community and every adult for that matter, is the job. And the job's not getting done. We exist in a world where the act of talking about the discrimination that takes place has more severe consequences than the act of discrimination itself. I'll give you a personal example. Once I finally spoke up about some of the grooming rules, specifically hair guidelines in my school's handbook that were clearly directed toward the black students. And by speak up, I mean engage in a series of passionate discussions culminating in one particularly tense conversation with the principal and the disciplinarian. I coincidentally found myself removed almost immediately and without notice or explanation from one of the committees that I had been told for years it was very important for me to be a part of, and I was replaced by the only other black woman teaching on campus. In that same aforementioned conversation, the principal looked me in the eye and admitted that the language in our handbook is discriminatory, like actually said the sentence out loud, then went on to explain that we are not ready to change the rules because the white male disciplinarian lacks the necessary black hair knowledge to enforce them, and we want to protect him from coming across as arbitrarily picking on black students. Which loosely translates to, yeah, we discriminate. Deal with it. How's that for a truth bomb? I'll get more into hair rules and enforcement thereof later in the season, but suffice it to say, one of the parties involved in this truthful conversation suffered no consequences, and it wasn't the black woman speaking up for equity and inclusion. I should add to my school's credit, fast forward a couple of years, and the language has been removed. However, the mentality has largely remained the same. Like I said in the poem, 
the truth will set you free might not apply to me because that freedom rings inconsistently but predictably resounding for those with preference the rest of us relegated to deference the truth is tricky I am fully aware that it could blow up in my face but the stakes are too high not to try we're not just talking about the concept of racism we're talking about the very real people that experience the lasting effect it has on their sense of self-worth we're talking about how when you have scars from wounds you didn't realize cut so deep it can affect you the rest of your life we're talking about the black community whose members are statistically less likely to seek out the mental health professionals that could help them overcome the trauma of being treated as less than, and in some cases, just pretending we don't notice in order to keep the peace. We're also talking about the example we're setting within this diverse community. We have an opportunity to show students of all backgrounds how to create an inclusive environment, a lesson that they could carry with them beyond high school and ultimately make the world a more inclusive place. Instead, we're a near perfect prototype of how to perpetuate systemic racism. And look, it's complicated. We're not dealing with evil people. I actually believe we're dealing with good people. The evil is in the society-provided security blanket of justifications for discriminatory acts as a means to maintain control. The evil is in the fear that if we admit we've done bad things, we're admitting to being bad people, and there's no coming back from that. I get that that's hard, but as long as we're blessed with another day, there's always coming back. I've had to do a lot of honest and uncomfortable self-assessment since I became a teacher. It's on all of our shoulders to grow and to figure this out. So what are we supposed to do when we believe in the deep down goodness of people who are doing wrong? When we love the school that doesn't love us back? I don't know. But I'm going to read you something, a very short little letter written by a child, so excuse the incorrect English. Jesus, thank you for everything you have gave me. Thank you for the people that love us very much. I love everyone, even the people who don't love me because I know somewhere inside they love me. You have gave me everything I need. Amen. I wrote that when I was seven years old. Thank you, mom, by the way, for saving it explains a lot. Someone should have told that sweet child. While this is a beautiful sentiment, it is going to bring you a lot of heartache. And it has. But I also think it's what makes me remarkable. I stand by my seven-year-old self in gratitude and in love and in knowing that I have everything I need. It's why I spent over two years in maddening silence trying to quietly bring about change behind the scenes without tarnishing the reputation of people I genuinely care about, even though they had done something so hurtful and who quite frankly responded with callousness when confronted about it. It's why after everything I've seen and everything I've experienced, 
More than anything, I am grateful for my time at my school. I carry no hate, no ill will towards anyone. I believe no one is beyond redemption. And on any given morning, anyone can wake up and choose to do better, to be better. I speak the truth from a place of love. I love my school both as an alum and a teacher. And oh, as a learner, because you know, we're all both. And I only want it to get better. I want every family that is a part of the community to remain. I want every future family to join us still. And I want every past member to want to continue to be involved. But what I really want is to reach our full potential, to move past bragging about being leaps and bounds ahead in terms of diversity and focus on how to catch up to our diversity in terms of inclusion. Because the truth is, we're way behind. The other truth is, history has shown that speaking up typically comes with major consequences for members of marginalized groups. I've seen the truth reduce a teacher to a threat, a parent into a problem, and a classmate into a concern. It's no wonder why more people don't take a stand. It sucks getting cut off at the knees. But here goes. I am a black woman trying to navigate teaching in a historically white institution. That is a fact. There is an oppressive weight that comes with that. That is a fact. The status quo is not serving everyone in the community equally. That is a fact. Sharing my story, telling my truth will make a difference. That is a fact. It already has. The healing power of the truth is beautiful, like a field of lilies and lavender and landmines. So I'm going to proceed and just be prepared for the boom. felt good to be back. It has been my pleasure to share with you and I hope to do so again. Join me next week for some more poetry and prose about navigating my teaching journey, not just as a black woman, but as a person who believes in the power of inclusion. I'll be talking about how I should have noticed from the beginning something wasn't quite right, but I wasn't paying attention. It turns out workplace red flags are very similar to the red flags we see and ignore in romantic relationships. I'm Crystal J, and thank you for listening to Until the Bell Rings.